Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Jesus comes to be baptized by John the Baptist. As we celebrate our confirmands and their choice to publicly affirm their faith, how are we accepting and living into our identity as children of God? In this week's message of the week, we celebrate with our confirmation students and their families. We hear a message from Pastor Bryce Blank, who shares from Matthew chapter 3. Pastor Bryce asks us to remember our baptism and challenges us to choose to share the healing and reconciliation that comes from baptism with all those we meet. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. Hi, I'm Greta Dahl. I'm Alyssa K. Ramel. Owen Muller. Maya Smunk. I'm Madison Instead. I'm Malaya Mickelson. Hi, I'm Jaina. Brianna McElhaney. We believe God brought the light, was the light, and created it for the heavens and earth. That God is the creator of earth. I believe God is love. God is love. For wherever you are in life, he is a shield for all who look to him for protection. We believe God is the word. Jesus is the Word. I believe in the Word in the beginning was Him. Without Him, He would be without light or life. Jesus is my Savior and the one who gave up His life just to save me. Jesus is the Son of God. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit brought God to us. The Holy Spirit is here to let us witness God in the world around us. All of the scriptures are inspired by God and teaching us right from wrong. The Bible is the story of God. We believe everyone who chooses God has a place in his kingdom. I believe that without many rooms, heaven wouldn't be prepared for you. God always makes sure there's room and space for you. Being Christian means the Bible and scripture are like the most important thing. Scripture is useful to teach us what is true. When it comes to God and Jesus, they love you even though you sin. We love since he loved us first. He will always love us. He will forgive us when we have broken one of his rules. When we sin, we fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God cleanses our mistakes away. I believe if we confess our sins, God is faithful and will forgive us. But God forgives us as we should forgive others. Forgive like others forgive you. Will you please pray with me? Loving God of creation, you created each one of us. And in doing so, you know each one of us better than anyone else knows us. You might even know us better than we know ourselves. And so today we ask that we are able to hear what you have to say to us today, what we need to hear. Allow us to be opened in both mind, body, and spirit to where you are calling us to be in the world, that we may faithfully follow your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I first started running cross country when I was in sixth grade. I decided that I would literally run away from my problem of being, uh, of being small and getting hit around in football and go run cross country. So worked out pretty well. Um, but when I first started on the team, I felt like I didn't belong to be there. I had never run cross country before and I wasn't used to the endurance and the stamina and the uh, pacing required to run long distances. 
However, I felt like I was the only one that was inexperienced to be out there. It seemed like everybody else who was on the team, even though they were joining just the same time I was, had been training for cross country their whole lives and they knew exactly what to expect and what they were doing. That's how it felt anyway. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. I didn't know what to expect. And because of this feeling, I just felt like I was unworthy to be there, to be on that team. Often, we feel unworthy. We feel like we aren't as good as the people around us, maybe. Sometimes we feel like we don't belong. I'm sure you may have felt that for one reason or another, for one circumstance or another. Maybe you feel like you're not as smart as everyone around you. You feel like as a student, everyone is getting A's and everything is a breeze, but you are working so hard just to meet the minimum requirements. Maybe at work, you feel like people are doing tasks around you more efficiently or easier than you as you are struggling to come up with solutions for the problems that you face. Maybe socially, it feels like everyone around you is in the know. They know who who to talk to, what's going on. They're connected. They know how to handle situations and conversations that come up. and, And you feel like you are just awkward when those things arise. Maybe you feel like everyone around you has so much more experience and that you are underqualified to handle what life throws your way. Maybe when you look on social media or around the world and you see all of your friends and your family members and all these people having awesome vacations, going on trips, trying new foods or customs, meeting new people, and you feel like you're the odd person out. Maybe that's your in your social group or your work group or your friend group. You feel like you're the odd one out, like you don't belong there. Maybe you hear about the variety of jobs someone has had or the cool stories they have, and you look at your own life and say, I don't have anything cool or interesting to share. I don't belong with the rest of the group who has done all these crazy, crazy awesome things. Maybe you feel like you can't relate to others around you, that they just tick a different way that you don't quite vibe with. Whatever it is, we all have a variety of reasons, one way or another, where we have felt like at some point we are not good enough, like we're not strong enough, fast enough, smart enough, socially aware enough, whatever it is, we feel like we aren't worthy or that we don't belong. We have felt like we are an imposter or the outsider to a world where everyone else feels like they know what they're doing and belongs there. Now, our passage from Scripture today, it opens with Jesus coming to the Jordan River to be baptized by John the Baptist. And I invite you, as we read the first part of our Scripture, to follow along with me on the screen. At that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. John tried to stop him and said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me? Jesus answered, allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. Now, this is quite an interesting interaction between John and Jesus. We can see by John's response that he recognizes who Jesus is as the Son of God right away. We didn't read this, but earlier before our passage, we hear about this guy, John the Baptist, going around and baptizing many. He's changing lives. He's changing hearts. He's proclaiming the good news of Jesus coming to be a savior in the world. He's doing really great work. 
and he's becoming a well-known figure in the region. So during this interaction that he has with Jesus, we see that he knows who Jesus is. Jesus is this savior person that he's been talking about all along. Standing before him is the man that the people of Israel have been waiting for, that's been sent by God. Now, for all we know, John might be a little starstruck by Jesus. I imagine him kind of fighting himself with nervousness and awe as he both can't stop looking at Jesus, but also can't really hold his gaze very long. Maybe the same way we might react if we met Jesus face to face today. But here Jesus is, this amazing celebrity figure to John, seeking to be baptized by him. And John is probably thinking the same thing that we would be thinking if Jesus asked us to be baptized or to baptize him. Shouldn't this be the other way around? Shouldn't Jesus be the one doing the baptizing? We're not the son of God. We're not the savior of the world. Jesus is. So why is he asking John to baptize him? Well, like us, John is probably feeling unworthy to baptize Jesus. But Jesus pushes back. He says he recognizes who John is and sees the value in him. John is worthy to baptize Jesus. John is good enough. John does belong to be there. And so John does baptize Jesus in that river. And according to Jesus, this is to fulfill all righteousness, which is kind of an interesting thing to note because it is one of the first sentences. It is the first sentence spoken by Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill righteousness. These words stand out because they are a nuanced way of understanding righteousness. In Matthew's Gospel, Righteousness is the recognition of our sins and the reorientation towards God. In other words, Jesus must be baptized because he is showing us the example we are to follow in coming into a relationship with God. He's leading us in the life of righteousness. Jesus came to wipe away our sins and to make us righteous, but in doing so, he is also then calling us to righteousness. This is the example that Jesus is laying out both to the people of his day, but also to us as the church to follow. Baptism is necessary as it means it's a public declaration of turning away from our life of sin and seeking the goodness of God with the way we live our lives, resting in that knowledge that we are God's children. Now, John accepting the invitation to baptize Jesus is a big moment. But it doesn't compare to what happens as Jesus is baptized. And I invite you to follow along with me on the screen as we read the second part of our scripture. When Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was opened up to him and he saw the spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. Now, as we read about this baptism, we realize it's not a normal baptism. Most of us probably can't remember our baptism, but uh, I can almost say with certainty that the heavens didn't open up, a voice didn't speak to us from the clouds, and a dove didn't descend to us, on us, right? Again, I wasn't there. Maybe it did. 
Maybe you have a cool story to tell me after here, but I, I don't think so. Um, but this first part stands out. The, the spirit descending on Jesus like a dove as the heavens are opened because it indicates to us that God is present in this act of baptism, but especially God is present in Jesus. And this dove also acts as a sign of God's approval of Jesus. And when we hear that voice from heaven, God's voice, claiming, it claims Jesus as his loved son. I kind of imagine this voice to be a booming voice like uh, Morgan Freeman, maybe, or James Earl Jones, but not quite as dark as Darth Vader. But this giant voice coming from the clouds, claiming Jesus as his son. And it's huge because it's really the first time that Jesus's identity is openly confirmed. Before this moment, the glorious miracle of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem that's taken place is kind of the only biggest indicator we have to who Jesus' identity is when the shepherds are guided by that star to Jesus. So it's kind of like we've had these rumors going around about someone and we're finally able to confirm what everyone else thinks they know. And in this case, God is confirming the identity of his son to the world. There's really no bigger reveal moment in all of the gospels besides maybe the empty tomb on Easter. And so why is this big reveal moment so important to us? Because it shows us all in our baptism, that we are claimed by God. That, it, that as God's son, his death for our sins means that we all inherit the kingdom of God. It means that as we remember our baptisms today, and as we celebrate our confirmands throughout this weekend, we are claimed by God. That as we declare our faith in following Jesus, God is reminding us of his faith in us. And the only requirement for us is to say yes, to choose to accept Jesus and the work of God in our lives. Because of Jesus, we are worthy to make this decision for ourselves. We are worthy, and we are worthy to choose who we follow. We are worthy to choose to follow God because we are already chosen. Just as God confirmed Jesus' identity as God's Son, during his baptism in the Jordan River, God has confirmed our identity as his children. We are worthy. We, are, we belong. We are enough. So the question then becomes, how are we accepting and living into our identity as children of God? If we are deemed worthy by what Jesus has done, how are we freeing ourselves from those feelings that we don't belong or that we aren't good enough? How are we accepting what God has made us to be and who Jesus is calling us to be? Maybe it starts with helping others feel that they are worthy. Maybe it starts with ensuring that everyone is welcomed and that they are good enough to take part. Maybe it means being vulnerable and admitting that we don't know what's going on all the time because probably somebody else feels the same way and they'll find comfort knowing they are not alone. Maybe accepting who God has made us to be means taking the moments when we could make someone feel inferior and instead letting them know the value that they have, much like Jesus did to John at the river. 
Maybe accepting who Jesus is calling us to be means confirming our faith. Or for you, maybe it means taking that next step and being baptized. Or maybe it means making a public declaration of our faith to a community who loves and supports us. Being ensured that we were never alone as part of a community. Being part of this thing we call church. Whatever your situation of unworthiness is, know that you are made worthy by Jesus. You are worthy to choose your life because you have already been chosen by God. Now, as the years passed and I became more experienced in cross country, I had the hindsight to understand how I had felt initially when I joined the team. And I realized that my feeling of unworthiness was self-imposed. I realized that the only requirement for being on the cross-country team, at least in middle school, was that I chose to be there and I chose to run. And the truth is, I was worthy because I chose to say yes. Now we are all worthy for God's love. Like our confirmands this weekend, we are all worthy to choose a life following Jesus. Jesus showed us how to live. He wiped away our sins. And that means the only thing left for us to do is to choose. So I encourage you, I challenge you today and every day to make the choice. Choose to follow Jesus all the days of your life, knowing that he is your Lord and Savior, the Son of God. Let us pray. Loving God, often we feel unworthy. We feel like we don't belong. We feel like we aren't enough. But God, you remind us that we are your children. You remind us that because of Jesus, we are worthy. We are enough. We are good enough. We are who you are calling us to be. So God, we ask that you would help us to share that to everyone we encounter and to know all the days of our life that you are there, that we are loved, and that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.